My name is Sean Rapier, and I love Disneyland. I love the attractions, the food, the parades. Really, I love it all. And when I can't actually be at the parks, I love talking to other Disneyland superfans. That's why I created this podcast. In each episode, a rotating group of co-hosts and I will break down what really makes Disneyland the happiest place on earth. So let's leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. This is the Castle Collective. And welcome back to the Castle Collective. Uh, This week we've got one of my favorite, favorite attractions that I love, I'm super excited to talk about, and one of my favorite people to have joined me to talk about this amazing attraction. He is one of the hosts of the Word on the Main Street podcast. Brian Lords, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sean, for having me. You're, you're too kind. No, I'm glad to have you as part of the collective. You are definitely, uh, you have good reason to be in the collective because uh, the Word on the Main Street podcast talks all things Disneyland. How long have you guys been doing Word on the Main Street? Oh my gosh. Um, I think we just surpassed three years. I think we're about to record our 166th episode this coming week. So we've been going at it amazing. for a while. Well, and I've been fortunate enough to uh, be on the show a few times, and I'm also kind of a correspondent for it. So it's uh, it's great to have you on the collective and as part of the collective. That's great to be here. Thank you, Sean. Uh, and then on a side note, uh, we also, uh, we should have you on when we do the Winnie the Pooh episode because you're also <laughs> Beekeeper Brian. I am Beekeeper Brian. I just started beekeeping this year and been doing some videos and it's been fun. I was telling Brian, I, I am mesmerized by the bee videos. I find them just fascinating. So it's awesome. <laughs> well, today we are going to be uh, seeing things from the viewpoint that a bee might see them because we are doing Soren. And uh, if we were to do this a few months back, we would have done Soren around the world because we try to focus on current rides. Uh, but just before the COVID shutdown, they had brought back uh, Soren over California. And so they got the original back in there. I got to ride it again. It hasn't quite held up just uh, quite as great, but it was it was nice to see the the original. And word is that they might start doing that because it was so popular. So many people wanted to see the original. So we're actually going to talk about both. Do you have a favorite between the two, Brian? You know, it's hard to pick because I've seen California so many times. It's it's definitely a favorite for me. But after seeing Soarin' Around the World, I could not believe how incredible the the viewscape was. Seeing all these big world historic sites. Um, so yeah. I, as much as I love California and I will always have a nostalgia for California, world is probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I, I go back and forth. It's I'm with you. It's tough. Well, let's jump into some fast pass facts about Soren. It uh, premiered February eighth, two thousand one, which means it was an opening day attraction. I always forget that that it was opening. It was an opening day attraction, but that's pretty cool. Uh, located in California Adventure, it is also in Epcot, Tokyo Sea, Japan, and Shanghai, China. Um. Interestingly, I've noticed something. This is less of a fact than something I noticed last night. So I've been on the one in Epcot a few times also. The Epcot one, when you come back at the very end, you return to Epcot. 
But the Disneyland one, you don't return to California Adventure. You return to Disneyland. That is kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny because I guess because when they shot it all, it wasn't even built yet since it was uh, an opening attraction. True. Uh, ride capacity, uh, 1,131 people per hour. And it always sounds like so much, but then you see the size of the crowds. Yeah. It moves so slowly, it feels like. It does. And then it's because it comes in big chunks, you know, whereas something like, uh, you know, an attraction like Haunted Mansion or something kind of Omnimover attractions move, move, move. constant motion. Yeah. 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 Soaring over the horizon in Shanghai is the only one located in a Magic Kingdom park anywhere in the world. I have not been to Shanghai or Tokyo. Um, There's now a game through the Disney Play app. That you can answer trivia questions while you're waiting in line. So I'll have to check that That's out. It's always a bonus. Re- reopens. Yeah, I've enjoyed those. I'm the trivia guy, so I, I appreciate <laughs> things like that. That's true. On on uh, Word on the Main Street, there's Brian's Trivia Corner. And as Brian knows, I'm not the trivia guy. I'm terrible <laughs> at trivia. So. But I appreciate your attempt. But I'll have to I'll have to to try it when we get to the parks. <laughs> uh, Condor Flats uh, turned into Grizzly Peak Airfield. So the area in, in 2015, as part of the makeover of the park, the airfield area was changed from a desert landing strip to a mountainous area uh, to go along with Grizzly Rapids. But there's still there's so much. The whole area is kind of a flight based area with uh, the airplane hangar and the flight jumper cafe. It really uh, is. I, it, it's one of my favorite places to walk around. I love the theming there. And I think that re-theme was so perfect. I mean, it all blends in so nicely as you're going into the the River Run, Redwood Creek area. It feels like you're moving into a campground almost. And I love that. Uh, it's, a, it's a great area. Uh, the Disney Imagineers wanted a hang gliding experience. This, this was originally going to be called Ultra Flight. But they they kept trying these different ride systems, and the ride systems were just too complicated. So Disney Imagineer Mark Sumner, uh, he remembered that he used to use an erector set to build things. And I had an erector set. I got one for Christmas one year. I could make cranes and stuff. I thought they were so neat. So he uh, literally got out an old erector set and some string, and he developed the ride system. With an erector set. So kids keep playing with those Legos and those erector sets. You never know. Absolutely, You never know what it's going to lead to one day. Isn't that funny? He came up with the whole ride system. Did you see the the model that he made up? Yeah, I did. I I believe it was on the Imagineering story on Disney Plus. And that was just incredible. I could not even believe it. And he had the little twisting thing and, and he'd wind it up and it would go up and then it'd go back. Absolutely he, incredible. It, what's funny is how close it is to what actually ended up happening. Oh, I know. You know, I mean, he really saw the whole thing, the way it would all go up and down. It was so amazing. That was cool. Uh, one of the most iconic things about the attraction is definitely the soundtrack. Uh, it was done by Jerry Goldsmith, who's a, he's a film score artist. He's done work like Rudy, Star Trek, The Motion Picture, The Secret of Nim. And it is said that he put so much into this that the first time he rode the ride, when he came back down, he was actually in tears. That's incredible. That's cool. This is one of my go-tos when I am in the mood to be at the park and I can't be. This is definitely a go-to soundtrack for me. Oh, for sure. I agree. 100%. Yeah. I love driving around listening to this song. It just gets me excited. 
Um, and then there are two museums that pay homage to flight. There's the Wings of uh, Fame Museum. And this is, I say museum, it's while you're, you know, while you're in line, yeah. you can see these things. Um, it'll, it'll show uh, Charles Lindbergh and Amelia Earhart, um, Spruce Goose. There are a lot of pictures. There are some artifacts. And then the second area is the Hall of Fame, which has people like Amelia Earhart, Donald Douglas, Howard Hughes. Um, and even Elon Musk is in their Hall of Fame, which, you know, they I put him in the Hall of Fame that. before he even before he even got the SpaceX launch off. So uh, well, after watching that last launch, he deserves it. Oh my gosh. Right. How exciting was that? That was awesome. It was incredible. Uh, and then a great fact, something I didn't know 20 years before the Wright brothers, John J. Montgomery was the first to fly a successful flight it was on the gold glider near San Diego, California. So I had no idea that somebody had flown before the Wright brothers. That shows you how much I know about flight. So <laughs> you're not alone, Sean. And those are our fast pass facts. So that gives you a little bit of background as to what we're going to be talking about, but I am ready to go on Soren. So let's go do it. Uh, let's talk about the line. The line starts. This is a, a, an attraction that gets big, big lines. I mean, this is a, an e-ticket, a marquee attraction. And unfortunately, if you're there during the heat of summer, a lot of times you're lined up outside. You got fans. But uh, is this a good use of a fast pass? Oh, beyond. If that line is outside the doors, you want a fast pass for this, especially during those hot months. I can't do it. I totally, totally agree with you. It's it's so long outside. I I rarely will ride this with without a fast pass. Um, and then you get inside the building and inside the show building, there's, there's some cool stuff to see at first, but then does it not become one of the most boring lines in all of Disneyland? Once you round that first corner, it's, you're, you're just stuck there with your kids saying, when are we getting (laughs) on? It's, it, it gets brutal after that first, first part. And maybe it's just my carrier, but. Once I round that first corner when they, you know, separate you and siphon you off, I have bad cell reception. And so you can't really just check Instagram. You can't, you know, look at Twitter. At least I, for me, it's super I slow. I don't know if I've ever tried to look. Yeah, but see, you're always with little kids in the park. I'm I'm there, you know, a lot of times with older kids or by myself. True. Um, it, it forces me to do this thing that they used to do in ancient times which is talk to the people in front and behind you in line and actually get to know them. That is typically uh, what I try and do. Yeah. It's a lost art. I do enjoy that part of it. Uh, But then you finally get in and you get, uh, you know, put into your lines, which represents which tier you're going to be on. Do you try to get onto a certain tier or a certain place in the line? If I can be in the middle section on the top row, that's my preference. I don't like dangling feet and I don't like the warp that you get from being over on the side. We are so aligned on that one. If you can get anywhere near the middle in the, in the top and then in the middle section, I do like to be at the end. I, I don't like, I'm a large man. I don't like being squeezed in between two people, Yeah, but I like that middle section. So there are three sections to the ride. Uh, there's the middle, the left, and the right, and then there are three tiers. There's top, middle, and bottom. 
And I would say if you are in the bottom far left or far right corner, oh, or sorry. Man. Yeah, yeah, bottom. Then you you have a completely different experience, but you may as well ask I'm sure for if a reread. Yeah, I, I think so. And I'm I'm sure if I worked there I'd get tired of people, you know, kind of bugging me and asking for certain places on the ride, but we all do it. So It's true. Uh then we got the welcome video, and the welcome video finally makes it all worth it. <laughs> oh, it does. In the best way. Uh, before anything, that iconic music comes on and you start to see the map and it hits on all the points of where you're about to, to touch down on and it's great. And then the safety video comes on and I think it's the same safety video for both. Uh, I couldn't tell a difference when I was doing I believe that it is. Uh, I think they just kind of cut the over California. Yeah. Yeah, and then comes on our safety guide, Patrick Warburton. What a treasure. Cronk. Holy cow. Yeah. Or if you're a a Seinfeld fan, of course, Putty. Putty and the ant, in fact, uh, for a while. And I love Patrick Warburton. And how often is there a safety video that's so popular, just the safety video gets made into shirts? Oh, I know. <coughs> Bless you. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I've seen shirts. I've seen shirts that that say "Nice work, pal," with the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he makes it. I think it's one of the best part of the rides. Uh, two two parts. I think one is uh, he says, you know, put everything underneath, and he says, and of course, these little beauties. And there's a guy sitting there who's in his fifties, you know, forties or fifties wearing mouse ears, who just looks, I don't know if he looks ashamed or what. I think he looks so proud funny. to be wearing his mouse ears. And he's he's got such reverence for the mouse ears that he's wearing that he just gently takes them off. And <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time. He reminds me of George Costanza. I was about to say the same thing. I was going to say the exact same thing. He <laughs> reminds me of George Costanza. That's got to be on purpose. One thing I, I love don't that think he pulls I ever noticed at times. That little bald spot right there on the back. Yes, <laughs> he really does. He looks and he dresses like George Costanza. Yeah. Um one of the things I, I hadn't really noticed, and I it really stood out to me when I was kind of re-watching some videos for this. There's a guy down at the end of the row who's oh, dressed yeah. in a nineteen forties aviator <laughs> outfit. I just think it's so funny that there's one random aviator there. Like, I know. Cos- cosplaying this ride. It's so Disney. Throw that random yeah. thing in the background. And then at the end, you got the kid who puts on the seatbelt the right way. So it comes up, you know, from, from underneath. Because if little kids, they've got that middle strap. And then he gives a thumbs up and nice work, pal. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Just doesn't and the quite whole measure ride, the height everybody. The whole line left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice work, pal. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so we hop on the ride. You get in. You buckle in your seat, and then inevitably, someone—and maybe it's you—it's it's not me, but someone—usually starts making it swing back and forth. Oh yeah, yeah. You're a you're a swing back and forth guy while you're still down. Gives me something to do. I usually will get yeah, my kids swinging on there. 
I don't mind it. Of course, if you do it enough, they'll tell you to stop. They'll say, please do not swing. I've had that happen uh, too. Yeah. But then that takeoff happens and oh, oh what a feeling, Brian. That feeling is when awesome. When you first, yeah, when they say soar into tower and the lights shut down, you get that little bit of bass rumble and it goes up. Oh my gosh, I want to go on this ride right now. Instant chills. It's so good. Instant chills. Yeah, it, it's phenomenal. So let's do Soarin' Over California first, and then we'll tackle Soarin' Around the World. Uh, you take off, you're in the clouds, and you come out, and there's the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, very, very San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that there are clouds there. I grew up 45 minutes from San Francisco. And it just, it's just a, it's just a beautiful scene. One of the things that's interesting about California is there are very few transitions in California. It's sort of just scene to scene. Whereas I, around the world, they really tried to do transitions. Yeah. I did not realize how much California did not have them until I rewatched the ride video in preparation for today. I could not believe how like cut and dry each scene transition was. I did not realize that. Yep. Yeah. And then we get into uh, Redwood Creek, which is so beautiful. Oh, man. Uh, just a little side note on Redwood Creek. Uh, it's in Humboldt, California. It empties into the Pacific Ocean. And this is where we also get our first scent <laughs> blown mm-hmm. in. You get the smell of pine trees. Do you like that section? You know, I absolutely love that section because I'm a very big outdoors person. We enjoy going camping. I love fishing. So watching that guy out on the river, just casting his line back and forth. Oh man, it just warms my heart. I love it. And I love the time of day it is. You get that little bit of shade there and they're just, it just looks like heaven. Am I the only one that tries to kick the kayakers in the head? (laughs) I, I have been known to try to kick a kayaker. It's funny because it feels so so much like you can because you're flying over them. It does. So they got the kayakers, they got the uh, the uh, people in in rafts. Uh, it's it's magical. It is. Um, you come up uh, out of that one, you feel like your feet are going to hit some trees. Then from uh, Redwood Creek, we head over to the hot air balloons over Napa Valley. Uh, Napa Valley is such a gorgeous place. So you're going over wine country. You're, I'm assuming those are vineyards because that's all that it is. Yeah, that's you know? basically what Napa Valley is. Yeah. It's such a beautiful place. If you ever get to drive around, but then being able to fly over it. And then the fact that there are, it's just so expansive. Like it's hard to believe that they have the vineyards that are that big. Yeah. It's incredible. And just seeing those hot air balloons. I mean, I I love watching hot air balloons get up and going and then taking flight. It's it's something that I've always enjoyed. We used to go up with my parents to the Boise River Festival and they would have this big morning where everybody would go out in their balloons and just watching that. It's, it brings back fond memories for me of being able to watch that. Yeah, I've never been in a hot air balloon, but, but definitely uh, one year in Provo, uh, Utah, we had the uh, fourth, the big freedom festival, the 4th of uh-huh. July festival. And we were able to be in a chase vehicle for one of the balloons. Oh, and nice. that is exhilarating, man. You're just driving along, trying to find roads. And that was before GPSs. So it was, that would be something. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
and then you're into Monterey Bay. And what a beautiful spot. What I like about it, it's very Northern California. If you really know California, later we'll get to Malibu. But this is rocky beaches and kelp beds, and it's super Northern California. Um, Have you ever been up to the beaches in Northern California, Brian? I have been. I've actually been to the Monterey Bay Aquarium on a, it was actually on a Disney trip with a bunch of my friends. We had gone Mm. across Nevada and stayed over in off the coast. And then the next day we drove the Pacific Coast Highway down to, to uh, Disneyland. So it's beautiful country up there. Yeah. And while we are a Disneyland podcast, I highly recommend the Monterey Bay Aquarium. It was built when I was a kid and we lived about two hours from it. It's amazing. It's incredible. I mean, we've got the little SeaQuest Aquarium up here by us up in Ogden, Utah. Um, I know they've got the Loveland Aquarium down a little closer toward you. I've never been to that one, but Monterey Bay Aquarium, there's just something about it. The size that they get, the scale that you get, it's incredible. Yeah, it's massive. Beautiful, beautiful shot of the boat going through uh, going through the Monterey Bay there. We then jump over to the Tahoe Ski Resort, and I say jump on purpose because there is only one thing I can ever look for in this Tahoe skiing scene. Oh, and that is yes. the guy jumping off the cliff, and you hear the <laughs> <laughs> But then shortly after that, you hear the, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> then you come. They have a lot of up over that peak. It's uh, it's incredible. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, we actually did our our uh, honeymoon in Tahoe. It's a beautiful area. But uh, you awesome. know, you watch all the skiers, and then I wonder if that was planned or not. Like, I wonder if he was supposed to jump off the cliff and just nail it and keep skiing, or if the fact that he landed so hard was just but oof, I'm okay. <laughs> I love that sound. It makes me laugh. Yeah. Great to have a little bit of comedy in it. Uh, we then go over to Yosemite Falls and Half Dome. Oh, man. Just one of the most, I mean, iconic, beautiful places. It's just so gorgeous. Is that Hang Glider? I cannot decide if he is CGI or real. I've been trying to debate that for years, and I cannot figure it out. Yeah, there are some obvious CGI things, and we'll point some of them out. Yeah. And there are some things that are obviously real, but that hang glider, the way he moves, you'd believe it could be. Maybe they were filming with a hang glider. I don't know. If any of our listeners know for sure, please let us know. We'd love to hear that. Absolutely. And then next up is a pretty iconic one. It's the uh, PGA West uh, Palmer course. It's right outside of Palm Springs. It's in La Quinta. And this is known for... That golf ball flying right at you. Speaking of CGI, there is no way. <laughs> there's no way that golfer is good enough to no. hit it just past you. <laughs> no. I don't care how easy the PGA guys make golf look. It is not an easy game. And uh, yeah, that would take some incredible talent to fly that right by the camera. Yeah, talent, timing, all of it. And that is where we get a hidden Mickey. Yes. There is a Mickey Mouse right on the golf ball. <laughs> Right as you see it. So you can impress your friends that uh, that you found that hidden Mickey. Uh, then we head over to the Orange Groves in Camarillo. And I had oh, to look that man. up, that it was in Camarillo, um, because I, I didn't know. I, I assumed it was either in Riverside 
or Orange County or somewhere where they used to have a lot of orange groves, but no, it's in Camarillo. And then they pipe in that orange scent. Yes. And that's the strong one, right? I mean, that is is awesome. It got to the point almost where that's the only thing you could smell in the ride after it had been ridden so many times, all you went in there and smelled was orange. It seemed like. Yeah. Well, and especially because they only have one nozzle. They only have one spray nozzle. Yeah. <laughs> so you were piping all, all the different scents in through the same nozzle. So it, it all started to smell like orange. I actually have an orange I have a an orange grove candle down in my office. Oh nice. So that I can smell it whenever I feel like it. So That's awesome. It's a beautiful scene and I, I really it feel is. like the windmills almost make it feel stronger because you get that foo, 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 foo. yeah feels like the windmills are blowing the and you got the wind going i totally feel like agree it's coming at you yeah then the uh, music changes a bit you all of a sudden mm, get yes. kind of a little bit more of a western vibe which you know westerns are very disney uh and you go to anza borrego desert state park i had to look that up it's not far from san diego uh, but there's a uh, you got some some horseback riders and very western, but then comes a moment. Oh, man. my favorite! Yeah, this is my all time favorite scene. Is it really? That's oh awesome. my gosh! I we have the air show up here. We have Hill Air Force Base that's yeah. right by where we live, and every couple of years they do the air show with the Thunderbirds, and it is my all time favorite thing to watch because we live right on the flight line where we're at. For Hill Air Force Base. Oh, that's awesome. And when that when they so come cool. in to for the air show, they fly right over our house. When they fly out, they fly right over our house. It's it's awesome. That is cool. And so it's I love powerful. the birds. It is. And to feel that. You can feel it. And I love it. Yeah, I love how you kind of stop for a second. Like you're going up and the music uh-huh. stops and you stop. And it almost feels like the ride broke or paused or something. And then those Thunderbirds come Ooh. ripping across. I get those the chills planes. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard kids get scared because that thunder from those aircraft oh, is yeah. so loud. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is an amazing moment. It is. Uh, then we go across the uh, aircraft carrier USS John Stennis at the Naval Air Station in North Island, San Diego, and you watch that chopper take off from the aircraft mm-hmm. carrier and San Diego. So beautiful. I actually have an office in San Diego. I'm down there quite a bit. And we go walk around down there where all the military stuff is. It's awesome. That's awesome. Just beautiful. And uh, then we go to what is my favorite scene of soaring over California. And that is Malibu beach. And I think a lot of it, I love the beach in the evening. You know, I'm from California and I go, I'm in California when it's not COVID time. I'm in California about every (laughs) four or five weeks and uh, I spend a week in Southern California. And uh, I just, the beach at that hour with the purple hues and the surfers out there, it's amazing. Yeah, I agree. Um, Now, in my reading, people say that they pipe in the saltwater beach scent. I have almost no sense of smell. I can smell the oranges. I, I I cannot smell the beach scent. Have you ever smelled it? I feel like I've picked up on it a couple times. I feel like it's changed just enough um, that it's noticeable for me. 
but it's very faint. I feel like it's not very strong. Uh, like the oranges are, like we said, the oranges are really the overpowering smell of the ride, but I feel like it does change just a little bit when you're in that segment. I'll have to, I'll have to check for it if they're still, if they're still running it. So then we get into downtown LA at night and I made a note that it is night and not evening because it looks like the traffic is moving. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very good point for L.A. Every yeah. time. So go ahead. Every time I see that scene, um, it makes me grateful I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. My my wife was living in L.A when we were engaged and I was living about an hour and a half from her, it was an hour and a half with no traffic, oh, five hours sometimes with traffic. I, Same I believe route. that that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> awful. But that particular area is not that far from downtown. And as a big Laker fan, I always smile like, cause I've gotten stuck in that traffic leaving games as well. So yeah. it's uh it's amazing. And, and then we get to the uh, the big climactic finish, which is Disneyland. And they've chosen to do Disneyland at night, which is so smart. But in Soarin' Over California, it's Christmas time. You think that was a little bit of a risk? I feel like it, uh, since Christmas time is such a small moment in the year. I mean, at Disney, of course, it lasts about three months. But uh, it's still most of the time you're you're in the park it's likely not going to be Christmas. So yeah. I feel like it probably shouldn't be. Yeah. I give it a pass, you know, I mean, even if I'm there in June or July, you know, you just kind of, it's, it's the most lights is what yeah. they were going for clearly. And they definitely got so that. Lights. The, the funny thing is, is the first time I ever saw that we were there on a family trip for Christmas so <laughs> I didn't really think much about it the first time I saw it. I, th- I just thought, okay, that's cool. They, they do the Christmas thing during Christmas time. But then I went back mm. and, and saw it not Christmas time. And it's, it's still Christmas in Disneyland. Yeah. It's so fun. It's such a neat ending. It you is. know, people, people clap a lot. A lot of times when you get back to Disneyland, people start cheering and, it's an exciting thing. Tinkerbell comes up. Yeah. And then the fireworks go off uh, behind the castle. And I put in the notes, it's a not so hidden Mickey. It's the least hidden. Yeah. <laughs> the, fire, much. the fireworks make such an obvious Mickey. I don't know that we can even call it uh, hidden. And, and yeah. So, I don't, yeah. don't want to jump too much ahead, but I feel like the one now in world is even more obvious. Yeah. Yeah, I do think I think you're right because it sits on the screen for a while, a lot <laughs> longer there. Yeah, you may as well have had Mickey Mouse's voice on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort over California, and you then you know the lights come on, you come back down, and there's that kind of almost weird reality for a moment, and you always hear people who were on their first time going, "That was awesome! That was amazing!" So, yeah, yeah it's it's uh, it's really fun. Well, now let's uh, let's go around the world. It'll be interesting to juxtapose uh, soaring over California to soaring around the world. I feel like Absolutely. this is so new. You know, it's so it's so different, and I think they wanted to be able to use this all around the world, and you know, be able to show 
you know, in different parks, not, not be stuck with California. Seems like a good reason to do this. So, uh, we start off, we take off and, uh, first thing is the Matterhorn in Switzerland, which isn't that the best thing. So cool. (laughs) Right. Isn't it cool? I love it. If I, I go from riding a bobsled through a, a miniature Matterhorn and now on this large screen flying over the top of it, I get to see the real thing and it's incredible. I love it so much. Yeah. And you feel like you can just touch it. It's oh, so yeah. close. I feel yeah. like with World, I don't know what they, I feel like they did something with the filming because it seems like world is much more adapted to that curved screen. So you don't get as yes. much distortion. And I love yeah, that about it. There's only one place and I'll, I'll talk about it where it, it gets bad, but the Matterhorn generally it's, it's great, but uh, yeah. I love it because it's a callback. It's, and I love it sort of, to me, it's a tip of the hat of Disney saying, yes, we've created an attraction at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's fun. It's great. Whatever. It's nothing compared to the real yes. thing. Yeah. And Look I think at Walt the majesty of the actual Matterhorn. Because there's yeah. it, Disneyland's is great, but it doesn't compare. Uh, absolutely. You're totally right. Uh, next, we go to Isfjord, Greenland for the polar bears. And even though they're clearly CGI, they are a adorable you gotta love the uh the polar bears oh my gosh your kids love the polar bears we've only got one that can ride it right now at least the last Mm. time that we went and i don't know if he did or didn't he didn't really say much about it yeah but yeah total cgi (laughs) total cgi of course that would have been good timing again if they would have had the polar bears standing there and dancing or whatever Uh i love i love the polar bears but what i love even more is you go past the polar bears and you think you're about done and that killer whale jumps out of the water Uh man that was surprising to me usually hear a lot of oohs and ahs with that yeah and then the big splash of course that transitions you right into the next scene yeah, and there's a transition on almost every single one of these. Almost. Almost. Not all of them, but uh, then we head over to Australia for Sydney Harbor. And I have had the privilege of being in that harbor a few times. Actually. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, I've been to Sydney three or four times. And uh, it's a neat little area there with the Opera House. They definitely were filming during some type of regatta. Those boats are apparently not CGI. They don't look CGI. And the the way that they're tacking and the way they're moving, they look like they're in a regatta. Mm-hmm. So I would think that they they just chose to film during a regatta. Uh, but yeah, that Sydney Opera House is, you can, you know, there's a bridge there that they show and we actually, you can kind of go, there's a little parking area under the bridge where you can see the Sydney Opera House at night. And if you ever get a chance to go to Sydney, it's it's unreal. It's yeah. such a beautiful harbor. So that would be neat. I'd also have to go find P. Sherman at uh, Wallaby Way. Yes. <laughs> Good luck in that endeavor. I yes, I'm sure a lot of people do that when they get there. So <laughs> uh, then the the float plane comes right at you, uh, which again I think we're back to CGI. Yes, and then uh, that's the transition 
to one of the most stunning things on earth, which is Castle Neuschwanstein in Germany. And again, here's another nod to Disneyland Park, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Castle Neuschwanstein was uh, the inspiration for Sleeping Beauty's castle, in fact. And uh, I have also been to Castle Neuschwanstein in Germany. Uh, I have toured it, and I almost broke a like 500-year-old window when I was there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I need this story there. now. Yeah, I was uh, 17, and I went to Germany with a friend of mine, and we just kind of toured. We went to Austria, Germany, Switzerland, France, and England, and we toured Castle Neuschwanstein, and I had a backpack on. And as I turned around, we were really tired. I remember just being exhausted. And as I turned, my backpack hit this big window. Oh, no. And it was encased in metal and it reverberated and everyone turned around and stared and I kind of sheepishly like smiled and <laughs> yeah. But uh, Castle Neuschwanstein, the way, the way it's perched and they come around the one side of it where it's just kind of coming out of the mountains. Uh-huh. The other side of it, there's actually a parking lot and you hike up and stuff. But wow, what a spectacular castle. Absolutely. And you can definitely looking at that, you can see where they drew their inspiration from with that, with the turrets and everything. It looks very much like Sleeping Beauty's castle. Yeah. And I think it's another nod to, hey, we've created one that's pretty cool, but we're not doing what they're doing. Yeah. You know, it's a a real nod to how incredible the world is. Yeah. From there, we go to uh, Kilimanjaro National Park. In uh, and Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, and that's where we get our first for me the first big uh, blast of smell. Which this one to me is the equivalent of the orange. I think it's the strongest smell, which is I the agree. grass. Well, I don't know if it's the strongest in this one. I might have okay. to debate you on that. Yeah, you could you could be right. Uh, I think that we'll talk uh, about the smell later. Yeah, yeah, I. I, I love it, and I love seeing the elephants, and I love – the only thing is that once you transition on this one, it smells like grass, but when you see the dirt, it makes me feel like it smells like dirt. Uh-huh. I think the same thing every time. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if they engineered the scent to kind of do that and like <laughs> maybe like trick your nose or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I've never been. I've never been to uh, Tanzania. I've never been on a safari. I've been on Kilimanjaro uh, safari in in Disney World at Animal Kingdom, uh-huh. but it's kind of and and I keep going back to it. But it feels like they're saying, "Hey, we created a little one. Here's mm-hmm. what the real one looks like." You know, which is yeah. just beautiful. Yeah, I love all these little nods. From there, it's over to the Great Wall of China, um, Uh, and the music changes. They've got those beautiful strings that are so peaceful. I love that it's still the same music, just played in that Chinese style. Yeah, I love the way that they were able to do that. Oh, man, it's beautiful. And I also love that it's very similar I mean, it's essentially the same music that they used in Soarin' Over California. You know, they uh-huh. used a lot of the same stuff, which I love. And I actually got to also go to the Great Wall of China uh, a few years back. And that is, that's an amazing thing. But I actually enjoyed it more on Soren than actually going to it. Because when, you, when you're on it, you're just walking back and forth on a section. Uh-huh. You can walk a mile or you can walk a certain amount of time or whatever. 
but seeing it from above, oh, it's amazing. And it's yeah. a beautiful place. I love Although, at the end too, you get that acceleration as you're like yeah. getting ready to it move. It speeds up. Yes. Yeah, it speeds up really fast. And then the kite uh, comes through and you get the great transition. But yeah, the Great Wall of China and, and that music is incredible. Yes. That takes us to the Great Pyramids of Egypt, somewhere I've never been. And and one of the things I happen to know about the Great Pyramids, even though I've never been, is just beyond them, there's just like full-on city. So they do a nice job with the CGI dust and mm-hmm. sand blowing up yes. so that you're not just looking at a city behind it. Yes. But, um, uh, I kind of wish they would have had the Sphinx in there a little bit more. Yeah. And not just too. the pyramids. Yeah. I'm not sure why it's uh, why they did it that way. You're, yeah. And then we go to the uh, Taj Mahal. I've never been to the Taj Mahal, but I, I have to admit, I struggle with this one a little bit. I do too. The whole thing looks like a cartoon to me. Yeah, it does. But I feel like this is where the strongest scent comes in. Okay. You get, All right. hit, you get hit with the smell of that jasmine. Yeah. And yeah. Holy fair point. Cow, it is. Just looking at the building, I know it doesn't look real. It, it really doesn't. It looks fake. But. You get that smell of jasmine coming over the water and coming up to the building, and it's it's one of my favorite parts. I I love it too, and I I love the smell of jasmine. You're absolutely right, and it probably is the strongest smell. But man, it it really does, Brian. It drives me nuts. I hate that I feel <laughs> yeah. like I'm watching a cartoon. You know, yeah. And and it's not. And the difference to me is it's it's the whole thing feels like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like even the building doesn't feel real yeah. to me. So. The building doesn't. The surroundings don't. It just feels like a big CGI scene. Yeah, and I love it just the same. But yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, it's it just. I I wish that was a little different. Then we get close to home, Brian. <laughs> Very close. to West and East Mitten Buttes. And full disclosure to our audience, uh, Brian is up near Ogden, Utah. I'm down near Provo, Utah. And West and East Mitten Buttes are in Monument Valley, Utah. Have you ever been there? Or that have, area? I've never been to Monument Valley. Yeah, I've never been to Monument Valley either. We say we're close. By close, we mean we're about three. I'm I'm three or four hours. Brian's an extra hour and a half from yes. wherever I am. So I've never been to that part of it, but I've been to a lot of Red Rock, like down in St. Mm-hmm. George and and that area. And it's I need to get down there. Yeah, I mean it's stunning, right? It really is. Uh, I I don't know what it is about Red Rock, but there's something about right? it that is just absolutely breathtaking. I I feel like. Um, having been to the Grand Canyon, um, having been to, uh, oh man, what Zions National Park down down near St. George. Um, I don't know. There's just something about areas like that that are really, really neat. And I would love to go and check out Monument Valley. Yeah. I, I love Red Rock and I love Zions. We, we spend a lot of time there. It's awesome. Um, then we get to, if, if I could only go to one place in all of this, uh, this is where I would go, <laughs> nice. which is Lao Islands in Fiji. And, oh, you can see where the turquoise water and the dark water meets, which yes. means there's a reef there and the outrigger canoes. And is that just a tropical paradise or what? Just screams Moana to me. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that before, but you're right. You're right. Oh, yeah, it's man. a beautiful spot. Yeah. It really is. Then we is. get to uh, 
Iguazu Falls, Argentina, another place I've never been. I, I always get a little bit of that, like almost like the Splash Mountain drop when you go over these falls, like a little bit of, a, oh yeah, oh my gosh, we're going over. Uh-huh. I love that though, because it, it tilts you back just ever so slightly as you get yeah. up and start looking over and you feel like, oh my gosh, I could fall into these falls. It's, it's really neat how they did that. And then there's always like someone who hasn't been on it before who just screams. Yeah. Who just, you know, in delight, like not terrified scream, but that delightful, just uh, I'm thrilled. So yes. it's awesome. Uh, after that, we get to the Eiffel Tower in Paris and a little bit of quick expertise. I've, I've probably been to the Eiffel Tower six or seven times in my life. Um, this is the one, this to me is the only one. That if you are on a side or Oof. if you are in the wrong place, all of a sudden it is the bendy tower. It's the oh my gosh. Tower. Yes. That it, this one gets bad if you're on a side angle and even some spots in the middle. Um, if you're on an edge in the middle, you can even get some of that distortion, but. Whew. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's it's beautiful, but it can be bad it, yes. with the distortion. I mean, it's like seriously, it's totally leaning to the left or right. Yeah. Uh, a couple a couple of thoughts here. There there really are a ton of lights, like it shows. I don't. Think oh, really? That they did anything special? Yeah, they they put on light shows there all the time. Interesting. It's kind of a touristy area underneath it. Uh, one night we we went and got crepes with with hazelnut chocolate in them when it was really cold out. And uh, I love it. And then they've got the Champs-Élysées River right there, which uh, they show a boat tour. We did, we, we've done those a couple times and they are great. But yeah, this one I just kind of dread because it's so beautiful. The problem is it's so straight up and down. It's so narrow. Mm -hmm. Whereas like the pyramids are wide or the Matterhorn is really jagged. You can kind of get away with some distortion. For sure. This one... Kind of blows the illusion a little bit, but I love mm-hmm. it. It's just great. <laughs> and then we come back, Disneyland at night. It's not Christmas time. Everybody cheers. What I love is that they've got the crowds uh-huh. that you don't see in the California one. You see all the individual people there. Like, it's just Disneyland. You're there. Yeah. Yes. And I it's like, funny that, I like that they did not do Christmas again. Yeah, me too. That, that makes well, me happy. Why do we all cheer so much and we're all so happy when we know we're right across the park from it? Why is this one so exciting? There's something about Disneyland that just brings joy to people. And I don't think it matters that you're actually in the resort as you're seeing this. You see that park. You see the floral Mickey. You see the castle, Main Street. There's something magical about that. And I think we all just react to that. I I think it's just a natural thing. We all get excited when we see Disneyland. Totally agree, hundred percent. And uh, and then you know Tinkerbell and everything else, and yes. then we come back down, and then you walk out, and you know you're walking out. It's been a, an amazing attraction, and then you walk out, and the worst thing is if you're in the middle of a summer day, you walk out to that Ooh, bright, yeah. bright sun. Yes. <laughs> At night, it's kind of nice, you know. You walk out in the evening, and it's pretty nice. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that is the attraction. Brian, I feel like we just rode together. Oh, I know. 
Isn't it fantastic how just sitting and talking about it piece by piece, you just, you feel like you've been there. It makes it so fun. We're going to wrap things up with our single rider line. These are some quick questions that we ask about every attraction and uh, we'll switch off. Brian, you go first and then I'll go okay. uh, talking about, and, and I guess it could be either one. We'll just kind of talk broadly about it. But uh, first of all, is it in your top 10 attractions at the total Disneyland resort? I have to feel like resort wide. It's probably in the top 10, but it's probably scraping the bottom of the top 10. I've got a lot of, a lot of attractions ahead of that as much as I love Soren. Gotcha. It, being that for me, being that it is my number one favorite in California adventure, it is definitely in my top 10 and probably probably falls number six. I, at some point, I need to make a top 10, but it's it's up there for me, definitely. Absolutely. How long would you wait to ride it? Fast pass or I'm not going. <laughs> fast pass or not going. All right. Well, if there was no fast pass option at all, <laughs> is there an amount of time um, you would wait to ride? I would probably head there first whenever I yeah. was starting the day in California Adventure, yeah. just because I don't like waiting outside of that building. I, I yeah. don't. This is where that I- be- outside is brutal. I, I channel my inner Sean Repair when I'm on this attraction. I was about I, to say, we're I, switching I roles wait here. <laughs> in line there. See, Brian and I have a running joke because Brian normally kind of doesn't mind lines and he likes seeing all the stuff on it. Yep. I hate lines. My entire day at Disneyland is about avoiding lines. So <laughs> yeah, I'd probably wait, you know, 20 minutes. If it were a 20 minute wait and there, the fast passes were 20 gone. 20 is not bad because most of that is going to be inside. Exactly right. If it was all inside, I'd wait a half hour. The line is, the ride is oh, worth yeah, a half sure. hour. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am too. All right. What's the worst part or worst thing about the attraction? Oh, worst. Wow. That's. That's difficult. Um, I would just say getting probably a lower tier on a side, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. If, if you're sitting in the wrong spot, that's probably the worst thing about it. It's the distortion. It breaks the magic. I, I'm I'm with you on that. That's, that's me too. Uh, oh, I somehow don't have it on here, but what's the best part or best thing about the attraction? Do you have a favorite oh, part? Oh, man. Oh, I don't know. Just the many of these places that they show, whether it's on California or world, it's not very often you get that flyby. Mm. Be, yeah, being right? able to just have yeah. that feeling of flight, and and I don't know. Probably the score along with it, like we talked about earlier. There's something yeah. about that score that's amazing. To me, the best part is when the lights go down and you hear that and then you hear everything lock up and they say, uh, you know, tower to soar into tower, prepare for takeoff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Uh, have you ever been uh, escorted off the ride during a breakdown? I have not. It's worked every time. So I have, um, but not like it stopped working partway through the ride. We got on, we got our seatbelts on, the lights went down, the lights came on again, the seatbelts oh, no. unlocked, the lights went down again. This happened for about 20 minutes, and then they said, sorry, it's not working. we got to walk you off. So oh, that's I don't bad. know if that counts as being walked off, but yeah, know, yeah that was a bit of a You bit got of a through the safety video. That's considered walked yeah. off, I guess. 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, what's the uh, best time of day to ride this attraction? Um, if you're waiting in line, obviously the nighttime. Um, yeah. And I guess even coming out probably more so in the night because you don't get blasted with that sunlight like you were talking about. Um, I don't know if there's really a best, though. It's just when yeah, the, I mean, it's an indoor just attraction. When, just when the line's yeah. short, I guess, is the best time. That is the best time for sure. In fact, I don't I don't remember the last time we wrote it without a fast pass. This is I mean, fast pass was made for attractions like this. Absolutely. <clears throat> very very popular, busy and outside. So Yes. If you owned a Disneyland, what one thing would you change about the attraction? What I would do right now, I would make one side of the building California and one side of the building world, and people can pick and choose which one they want to go on. You and me both. That's exactly what I have. Nice. And I actually think that could be happening. So <clears throat> people got very excited about California being back. Yeah. They've got the ability yeah. to do it, so they may as well get that uh, taken care of. Yeah. And, and finally, describe the attraction in one word. Breathtaking. Oh gosh, that's a good one. That is the right word, Brian. I didn't. I couldn't come up with a word because Soren describes it so much. Like, it's true. That's what you're doing. You're Soren. I'm going to say float. Float. But like breathtaking. That. Breathtaking is a thousand times better. Brian, I'm so glad you're part of the collective. This was so much fun. Yep, I can't uh, wait to people, do it again. Oh, yeah. We will definitely have you back. Tell people uh, how they can find you and how they can find Word on the Main Street podcast. So, yeah, you can uh, contact me by email, I guess, brian.wotms at gmail.com. But you can find our podcast, Word on the Main Street. Um, It's basically anywhere you can find podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, TuneIn, Google Play. we're on all the social medias. I guess Sean has us on TikTok now. I don't. I'm I'm too old for TikTok, but apparently he yeah, likes that's it. So. Sean Lords, which is Brian's co-host and brother. Yes, yes. I guess fact. I should have said that. Yeah, I didn't put us on TikTok. <laughs> I didn't put you guys on TikTok. Yeah, thanks so. a lot, Sean. I appreciate. Yeah, that. <laughs> and every once in a while, you'll hear me chime in there with them. As a matter yes. of fact, so yeah, we fun we show. definitely enjoy having our word on the main street, man on the main street when he's able to uh, report live from the parks. And I'll look forward to getting back to those parks. And, yeah, and July 17th. So. Can't wait. I'm excited that we've got, we've got a date. So, and, it, and this Soren will be definitely something I'll jump on very, very quickly once I'm there. For sure. Well, Brian, thanks so much for joining us. And to all of you, thank you so much. Uh, if you're not following us on social media, check us out. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, please feel free to join us. We'd love your comments. We'd love your thoughts. What attraction do you want to see next? What do you want to see out of the show? Do you have any trivia? Did we miss anything? Did we get anything wrong? Be sure to let us know. But otherwise, we will see you next time on the Castle Collective. Thank you.